Bookstore Explorer is brought to you in part by the Bookshop Bungalow at Plot Twist Books. Have you ever wanted to spend the night in a bookstore? With the Bookshop Bungalow, now you can. Located just minutes from Charleston, West Virginia, the Bookshop Bungalow is a book lover's retreat, a private room inside an actual working bookshop. Each stay comes with a used book credit, employee pricing on new books and gifts, and an honorary staff pick of your choice added to our inventory. Learn more and book your stay now at PlotTwistBooks.com. Welcome to Bookstore Explorer, the show where we go behind the shelves with booksellers to celebrate the magic of independent bookstores. I'm author and bookseller Matt Browning, and today I'm scratching another state off the list with a visit to Maine. I'm hoping by the end of 2024 to visit each state in the U.S. at least once on the show. And after this, I've got about 15 or so to go. So I think I'll be able to pull it off. Meanwhile, my guest today is Michael Maycumber of Elements Books, Coffee, and Beer in Biddeford, Maine. Michael opened the shop just over a decade ago, combining his love of all three of these things into one spot. He tells us how Biddeford has grown since he first opened the doors of Elements and how the shop has played at least some part in downtown revitalization efforts. So come along as we go bookstore exploring. Hey, Michael, thanks for coming on to Bookstore Explore. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, the first thing that I do every time I have a guest on is that I have them sort of give us a virtual walkthrough of their space so that our listeners can get a feel for the vibe of the shop. So let's pretend we just walked into Elements and kind of take us on a tour. Yeah, so it's um, the ground floor of uh, about a hundred, more than a hundred year old building in downtown Biddeford, Maine. Uh, historically was a furniture store for a very long time. Um, my shop sort of takes, um, two storefront locations. And when I, uh, before I opened, we actually, there was a doorway between the two and we actually took it out pretty much for half the space so that I could build a bar and connect the two spaces. Um, so when you walk in, it's got, a uh, very high ceilings, uh, about 14 feet high ceilings, 14, 15 feet, uh, tin roof. Um, there's, uh, where I, where I, where we broke down the wall, there's exposed brick, uh, left with a, with a, uh, a steel beam across to hold the, 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 um, the wall up. Uh, and it's pretty open, uh, hardwood floors. Um, there's a horseshoe bar, um, that, divides the two spaces um uh because we're a, a coffee shop as well so when you walk into elements you definitely see books um they're along all of the uh, exter- exterior walls um but uh it's primarily a coffee shop vibe when you come in uh, people are are there having meetings and drinking their coffees and teas and chais and such um so um you walk in, you'll get your coffee, you'll sit down at the bar or table, um, people browse books. Um, we also sell uh, beer and wine, so we have kind of a late night vibe at times um, where you can get beer as well. Um, a lot of students are studying away. Um, uh, yeah, so like uh, you'll see the bookshelves along the walls. Um, there's a lot of displays uh, uh, where I have uh, I have two 
uh, authentic, really old uh, mill carts in the front. Uh, Biddeford is a Saco Biddeford is the area. Those are the two towns, uh, and it's a historical. Uh, it's a historic mill town, about uh, I think thirty-eight acres of mill space between the two uh, towns. Um, so the history of Biddeford is very mill uh, textile uh, oriented. So the carts I have are pretty, you know, the, the steel wheels, uh, uh, very heavy duty carts that used to. I think they used to transport like. Uh, textiles, but stacks of them. So I've got books uh, displayed there. Uh, yeah, so you get you get kind of a. It's a good vibe when you walk in. It's very comfortable. Uh, we have uh, we've been in the community now uh, over ten years. Um, so we 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 sort of established that kind of uh, good uh, meeting place uh, for people to come out and not just get coffee, but, uh, reconnect, uh, or connect with friends or have business meetings and such. So it's got a good, a good buzzy vibe in there. Now, I was curious to go back to the beginning and talk about when you opened, you know, when was it and what inspired you to, to come up with this idea of combining the books and the coffee and the beer? Yeah. So we opened in 2013. I grew up in Saco, which is the town next to Biddeford. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, went away for college. Um, uh, in the, in the mid to late nineties. And I came back in about 2010 and then opened elements in 2013. Uh, I'm a recovering academic. Uh, I was teaching philosophy before I op- opened elements at the local college. Um, kind of spinning my wheels academically, uh, uh, forever ABD, you know, just couldn't quite finish my dissertation. I was dragging my heels and, and the, between the two towns, Saco and Biddeford, you got about about 40 to 50,000 people. And it's just south of Portland, which is the largest city in Maine. So the area is pretty, pretty big. Uh, but I noticed when I moved back home, there was between the two towns, the main street kind of connects both of them. And it's this long winding main street. And there was no bookstore in the downtown area. There was one out in one of the mallish areas. Uh, there was no bookstore. There was no coffee shop. Um, and this is about 2013 and we had one, uh, craft beer, uh, pub. Um, but the craft beer scene in Maine was really exploding at the time. So there wasn't really a place to get multiple different types of craft beer. So, um, I'd always wanted to open a bookstore. I have a history selling books, but, um, I also was used to hanging out in coffee shops, trying to, you know, work on my, on my, uh, academic studies. So, uh, having none of that in the area was uh, uh, just a real need. It, 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 it was really lacking those three types of stores. So, uh, I decided to do them all in one, um, for a lot of reasons, but mostly because I, uh, the town, uh, Biddeford had kind of a, a long struggling period. And when I moved back in 2010, it was just starting to kind of get back into, uh, revitalizing. And so I knew that coffee alone, or books alone, or a bar alone, just probably wouldn't cut it. But if all three were there, I think I could stay busy from morning until night, and uh, really uh, get as uh, get as many people in there as I can before we w- were able to establish, you know, into the community. So it was a, a very very big need of those three spots. Um, and you know, I just kind of rolled the dice. Uh, you know, I'm like, I need to change change careers and i i just kind of jumped towards it and hope you know hope for the best 
you kind of dabbled on my next question because you mentioned a history in book selling, which I was going to ask. Did you have a history in these arenas and, and how did you, you know, bring that into this new venture? Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Yeah, so the first bookstore job I had was in Vermont. I went to undergrad at Goddard College in Vermont, just outside of Montpelier. And I worked at a, a, a new and used bookstore in Montpelier, uh, Montpelier called Rivendell Books. Uh, it's not there now, unfortunately, um, but it uh, it was my first sort of forward into that. I was, I was sort of an academically minded person. I was studying writing and literature and philosophy at Goddard. Uh, I needed obviously a job because I was a poor student and um, that was the first one. And it was a good, good entryway because it was, uh, it was both new published books and uh, secondhand books. Um, So I kind of got a good quick overview of all the different ways you could sell books. Uh, They also had remainders there too. So I I, uh, was able to pick, pick the owner's brain, see about whether or not, uh, what's moving, what's not, you know, uh, you know, those whole book selling things were like one of the best moving sections was not a particular section that she enjoyed herself, but knew that it sold really well in the area mm-hmm. uh, and all those kinds of things. And then also introduced me to the world of going to um, a library book sales, which is where she got primarily a, a lot of the, the inventory. Uh, so that was a good kind of primer. Uh, and then uh, I moved to New York city for grad school and, uh, and ended up getting a job at uh, a, a used bookstore called the Housing Works Used Book Cafe. It's uh, down in Soho. Uh, and they're part of a larger uh, charitable organization called Housing Works, which um, their mission is to uh, provide stable housing for people living with HIV and AIDS. Uh, and the most of their shops were furniture stores or clothing stores. We were the only bookstore. And it's, it was this giant... 30 foot high loft lofted ceiling uh, spot in Soho with an internal balcony and, and and all the books were donated. Uh, And because we were right in the heart of Manhattan, just on a daily basis, we would be getting 50 to a hundred boxes of books donated. And, and, and that was a real, real introduction because we, we were, we'd have to just rifle through boxes and, and sort of move books aside that we weren't interested in try to, get the really good ones out because it was one of those spots where as soon as you put a bunch of books out, they would sell because we would put all the books at a dollar less than half the publisher price because they were donated. Mm-hmm. So it was just this constant traffic of, uh, of culling through all these boxes, putting them out, selling them and starting all over again. It was, it was pretty, that was a lot, that was a really good education. Just seeing that massive books on a daily basis. I imagine uh, so. <laughs> So let's talk about then, I want to talk about each element of elements, but I'll start with the books since this is a bookstore podcast. 
you know, how many do you carry? What kinds do you carry? Are you new or used? Tell us, tell us all about the book portion. Yeah, we're uh, primarily secondhand or remaindered or discount books. Um, I do have a handful of new published books, but for the most part, they're local interest books. Um, uh, for instance, we have a book that sells really well called The Brief History of Biddeford, which is what we're uh, the town we're in. Uh, and I, I will get that new. Um, but the real the real focus is uh, I really do try to keep my price point down so that uh, with the remainders or the, the used books that I get into the shop, um, much like the Housing Works model, I try to go at least half the original publisher price or lower. Um, so for the most part, there's no book in there that's over $15. I mean, if it's a $30, ever I'll sell it $14.99 or something. Uh, and the other emphasis, even even though they may not all be remaindered books, they're, if they're secondhand or, or pre-owned books that I get at book sales, I try to get newer titles that are in near pristine condition. So one of the things is I love a dusty old bookshop with piles of books that you can rifle through to try to find gold. Um, but because we're also a coffee shop, I just can't have that, uh, that kind of dust flying around. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I love those bookstores, but I can't do it. So I have to make mm -hmm. sure that the books are pretty tidy. And because of that, I've sort of tried to accumulate, uh, like new or, 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 you know, like new books uh, in that condition. So, um, yeah, I would say about 95 to 98% of the books are or pre-owned or, or remaindered um uh with the exception of those few um uh newly published books. Makes it a little difficult. I do we do have some local authors on our shelves, but it's fairly it's hard for me unfortunately to get a lot of local authors in uh particularly if they're self-published because a lot of those price points are very high. Mm -hmm. Uh and I'm on I'm not I'm not able to offer them a much for them and also um uh, my my customers are, are used to getting a discount on books, so when they'll come up with a new book, it's often shocking. Sometimes, uh, you know, try to make sure that they know they're new. But um, what kind of yeah, genres do you focus on? Well, uh, so because of my academic background, uh, I would say I mean it's about fifty fifty fiction and nonfiction, maybe a little bit more nonfiction. Um, but I tend I tend to definitely uh, go towards um, more academic ish books not crazy academic but um a lot of nonfiction, a lot of uh essay essay collections um a lot of history uh definitely have some good philosophy in there because of my background um when i can find it um yeah so uh, i would say it's it's primarily nonfiction oriented um but we we do have a fair amount of good uh, uh fiction and and uh, and you know the other part of it too is because i'm I'm working with uh book sales and remainder titles i i gotta go digging and make sure i can find what i want so i can't mm -hmm. always can't always get what i what i really want in the shop it's it's a little difficult when when folks come in because they just heard about some published book on on NPR, and I'm like, well, if it was just published, the chances are very low that it's in this store. <laughs> Give me a year, and I'll I'll probably get it in the shop. So um, that that part's a little uh, challenging. Um, but I was warned before I opened. It was funny. Uh, again, the town was sort of on the upswing, and you know the uh, having not having a bookstore in town. You know, I was I was sort of uh, some of my family and friends was like, you know, you're a little academic. I don't know. You might want to not, you might want to keep it a little bit light. And I just can't, 
I just can't do that. I, I, it's like, I tend to get books that I enjoy and, um, so far it's going well. So we try to, we try to do a good mix of things. Um, but we also, uh, we also try to make sure that we emphasize sort of historically marginalized voices in the shop too. So like, uh, um, Maine is not the most diverse of States, uh, in the, in the country. So, um, I try to make sure that, that we have a, a lot of good representation in the titles and in the authors that we carry, not just uh, sort of the mainstream. I mean, it sounds like you very carefully curate it. Do you take any donations or do you sort of stick to the remainders and this and buying? The coaching conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yeah, I used to do in the early days, I took donations because I was just starting out and I didn't have a lot of stock. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing a lot of remainders at the beginning. because you know, new business, I was trying to keep my prices lower. Um, since then, we've, we've gotten pretty busy. Uh, books are selling uh, better and better every year. I think we're becoming known as a book destination. I think at first it was more coffee and beer and that we had books and that's great. Mm-hmm. And now it's during, especially during the summer months, we have a big tourism industry in Biddeford and near the beaches, uh, we're near the coast. So, uh, I, I, the, the book browsing is, is a lot higher in the summer and I've noticed that people are taking note of that. So, um, yeah, I would say very heavily curated mostly because I don't have a ton of space. Uh, the, the shop is about 1500 square feet, I would say. And because it's a cafe, there's tables, there's a lot of tables space. And, uh, so like I said, the, the bookshelves kind of line the walls, and I have carts and and some uh, some shelving for display, but I do have to, you know, I I, I think may, I, you know maybe three to four thousand books in the shop. So um, yeah, I I think I I do curate it pretty pretty uh, uniquely in that in that way. Uh, make again makes it difficult. I want to try to carry as much as I can, but I I do have to be somewhat discerning on the space that I allow. Yeah. So let's move in. Next to, you know, the coffee and the, and the beer components. Tell me about, you know, your menu. Yeah. Uh, basic coffee shop. Um, we're, uh, actually, I actually roast the beans, uh, for the shop. Um, we have a affiliated business called elements coffee roasters. So, um, we roast our beans and, um, you know, your, your, your espresso drinks, your lattes, your cappuccinos, um, we have a, a very talented staff uh, who are able to to do all the great latte art and give you the hearts and the tulips and the in your coffee. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 we do bagels. Our food is uh, the food menu is a little limited. We don't have a kitchen, so we uh, we do kind of bagels in the morning uh, and pastries like muffins and scones and such. Um, and then we do offer sort of small cheese plates 
for the evening time and bar snacks, but that's that's about it uh, for the food aspect of it. So very, very light fare for a coffee shop uh, menu. Um, and then we have beer and wine, a lot of the local craft beer. I try to keep uh, six to eight taps of Maine beer. Uh, like I was saying, when we opened in 2013, uh, Maine became a beer craft beer destination for a lot of people. So, um, we, um, we carry all the, uh, all the, all the best brands there. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, just your basic, um, coffee shop vibe for the most part in the early, uh, well, I say the early days, I, there's a pre and post COVID split for the business. Uh, when I first opened, it was seven o'clock in the morning to 11 at night. Seven. I was going to ask week. what your hours are. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was intense. And I didn't have a lot of staff at that point. So it was just, it was, I was there a lot. Um, seven. Well, you kind of needed to do that as well. Right. You wanted the whole day worth of, um, uh, revenue. So, you know, seven o'clock to 11 at night. Um, since then after COVID we've kind of limited it, we've brought it back down. There's been some shifts in town because Biddeford sort of taking off, uh, there's now a lot of places to get craft beer and wine in town, which is great. So our 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 nightlife or bar scene has become more of a study scene. So people will still get beer and wine, but it's not like your typical three deep at the bar rowdy kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. So we've gone back, we've scaled it back. We we're open until nine uh, from Thursday to Saturday. And then we're open till six for the rest of the days, but we're still seven days a week. We we pride ourselves on being open every day. Um, so uh, just a little bit scaled back on the hours. I was trolling around your social media and it looks like you do live music and other events. What? Tell me about that. That's- yeah. So uh, again, uh, pre-COVID, we would do it every weekend. Uh, now we're, we sort of do chunks of like springtime and um, fall. Uh, and we'll do uh, Friday and Saturday night. And we try to bring in uh, local singer-songwriters. It's not a giant space. It's a little... Having a band in there can be a little loud. Um, we do have a bands occasionally, but it's um, the books only absorb so much of the sound. Um, so typically we get uh, duos or trios or, or a single so- uh, singer-songwriter to come in, mostly acoustic, um, but we have a, you know, great lineup of about 10 to 15 local acts that sort of rotate in and out, um, over the course of a year. And, um, it's, a, it's a, it's another good, uh, kind of vibe. It's very, it's chill. It's not, like I said, it's not rock and roll all the time. Um, but you just have this great, um, kind of quiet, cozy atmosphere at night, have a beer or, you know, drink coffee still or study and listen to music. I'm envisioning like the quintessential, you know, Lisa Loeb coffee house with a guitar and somebody yeah, I reading think a book a good, in the corner. Yeah, I think that's a good way to 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 describe it. And uh, we have these in the front of the store, these giant windows. So when we set up the band, we put them in the window that's on the corner of Main Street and a side street. So you can see it when you're walking down the street. Um, you can see them playing in the window. So it's and uh, then come inside, right? And then come on in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So let's go back to the books for a minute. I always like to ask my guests, what are some of your favorite reads to hand sell to customers or maybe just your favorite books in general that you love having on yourselves in your shop? Yeah, um, that's a good question. 
I, I the dirty little I don't read as much as I should anymore. That's a dirty little secret, unfortunately. Uh, Having I blame, owned a bookshop almost a year now, I can attest. Yeah, <laughs> you, you blame, read less than you used to. Yeah, I blame at the beginning <laughs> for that. They kind of beat the joy of reading out of me. <laughs> I I still to this day can't pick up a book to read without having a notebook ready to take notes on it. It's just the way it goes. But um, I do have some that have stuck. There's a, um, when I can get it in the shop, I always recommend uh, if it's fiction, I don't read a ton of fiction, but I, I, I fell in love with uh, Zadie Smith and Michael Chabon and, and those authors all when I was in college. And now whenever something new of theirs comes out, I'm, I got to have it and I'll always direct people that way. Um, I try to carry a lot of, uh, we carry a lot of David Sedaris books, a lot of Malcolm Gladwell books. Um, um, uh, my personal history favorite is this book called the destiny of, uh, the Republic by Candace Millard. Uh, it's a, it's, um, it's a bio- it's not a biography it's a history of uh James Garfield and his assassination and all the crazy stuff that happened during that time and it's this strange she does this great job of pulling in all of these disparate people into the into the book like somehow Alexander Graham Bell gets involved with a metal detector to find the bullet and there's a cult involved and it's pretty great so i always i always sort of direct people that way that's a fun read um, i was trying then- to I was trying to Google, you said Michael Chabon, and I was trying to Google one of his really well-known books that's been on my shelf for years, but I couldn't covertly do it with before. <laughs> oh, so, well, the one I always go to is The uh, uh, the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier. That's play. the one I was trying to think of. It's I love on my that shelf book. for years, and I have just not gotten to it yet. Oh, it's so great. It's so epic, too. I mean, unfortunately, I think they've been trying to make it. It's been optioned so many times for a movie, but it's such a huge, expansive arc in the book I mean, it's, it's a thick it's a thick book it's thick and it it, it go it, it essentially follows the entire history of comic books so it starts in the 30s and goes almost to present you know well sort of present day so mm-hmm. it's a very sweeping book but it's yeah it's all about the history of uh these two characters sort of come to new york and get involved in the comic book scene and he pulls in like real life people into the narrative arc like salvador dolly and uh it's just great it's it's a great read but it is it is a bit long that's for sure uh, yeah one of my favorites i'll need to pull it down from the shelf now that you've put it back into the front of my mind and i'll finally get to <laughs> it <laughs> um you know you mentioned you were talking about you're in biddeford maine and i was looking up where that is um and it's been about 10 or 12 years ago i had some friends who lived in portland and we took a trip up there and we sort of drove down into kennebunkport and then to um like portsmouth new hampshire and into boston so it looked like i probably drove right by probably did you're located. Uh, yeah it's uh it's kind of it's an interesting spot because like you said it's it's smack in the middle between portland and kennebunkport uh and you know a lot of real southern maine kennebunkport and down those beaches get crushed in the summer i always joke i growing up here is kind of used to tourism but like mm-hmm. i always joke it's like it's like people come to maine they cross the border and then they pull over immediately to the beach you're like <laughs> like all the, they're all just like swamps down there but uh the closest beaches to us we have a uh, biddeford as a uh, biddeford pool is connected which is on the coast and then old orchard beach is kind of connected off of stocco so we have a um, 
a, a whole chain, a whole series of beaches along the way. Uh, and that was a concern of mine when I first opened because I thought, well, I don't know. It's it was really e- it's really easy to bypass the downtown Biddeford area. You can kind of take the highway and get out of Dodge, or you can take a side street. You don't really have to go down the main street. And I thought people are just going to the beach. So, you know, they're not necessarily going to come down here. And and that hasn't been the case. It just keeps getting busier and busier, which is great. And again, it helps that you know Biddeford has had this turnaround. Uh, in the last decade where, um, you know, the, a, a, a lot of, uh, restaurants and coffee shops and, and, uh, you know, newer businesses have come in and kind of picked it up. When I first moved back home in 2010, it was still a little bit of a ghost town. There are a lot of empty shop storefronts and the mills were kind of not really being developed as much as they had always promised they would. And within the last decade, you know, the amount of, mill space that has been turned into uh businesses or apartments or condos or hotels it's just it's just filling up um and it's it's just adding an, more and more to the the downtown scene and foot traffic for us so um and again and it's been a very very fun to see the books really kind of take off like again i you know when i first opened i said i had to do all three of them to sort of make it work um the book sales are so good now that I could see it probably working with just a bookstore if I wanted, um, just been kind of fun. So, um, and it was kind of that great. That's the, I, I wanted to do all three. Uh, I like beer, I like coffee, uh, but books were my background. So I really wanted that to, to work and, and seeing it work now has been uh, so rewarding. Um, because at, at the time it was like, you know, when I first opened, it was like, okay, we'll, we'll have books, Hopefully people will buy them. Maybe they'll just peruse them or read them and put them back. But no, it's been it's been it's been a blast um, to see the numbers keep going up. Well, bookstore tourism is a thing. <laughs> That's what I was doing when I started this whole bookstore explorer yeah. thing was being a bookstore tourist. I mean, when you talk about how the town has has grown and changed over the past decade or so, I mean, it sounds like your shop was early on the scene. How do you think you know your shop played a role in that? I think so. It um it it was a couple of things. Uh uh when I like I said 2010 when I moved back, I was I was the first thing I noticed, well wow, there's a there's a craft beer pub here. That's new. Like I mean growing up here that was not something, you know, that happened. The down the historically downtown Saco and Bitterford kind of suffered in the 80s when uh the main mall came into South Portland and mm-hmm shops just went there so the downtown what used to be a vibrant shopping community just kind of fizzled and to make it worse is the town put the town of biddeford put in a trash incinerator right in the middle of town Hmm. so um you had all the shops went to the mall all the shoppers went to the mall and then downtown kind of smells like a trash can so it just was not great Mm -hmm. so it wasn't any development because why would you and in 2010, when I moved home, there was a little development starting. There was a local uh, nonprofit um, uh, art gallery called Engine. Uh, there's a local um, downtown business development uh, hub called Heart of Biddeford that was really trying to make different make changes and differences to the downtown. And then the timing was good. They ended up um, shutting down the trash incinerator around, I, I think it was 2011 or 2012. 
So when I opened, that was gone. And I think that's also very helpful. Um, I'll, I, yeah, I'll take a little bit of credit. I mean, all, all of a sudden there was a, there was a, a, a coffee shop in the downtown that was open seven days a week and was sustainable. Like before then there was, there was attempts at coffee shops. They just didn't make it, you know, long enough to really establish themselves. So, um, the town then had a place where people could go uh, and meet up and, and yeah. And then I could say, yeah, there's a bookstore here now, which is uh, really great. Um, so yeah, I think it was just, it was very good timing on my part. Um, uh, all those, like I said, all those elements were needed and, um, the trash incinerator was gone and the town was starting to get some momentum. So it was, it was good timing. So how do you feel now, you know, over a decade into it and you look at what the place has become your shop specifically, how does it make you feel to have to have lasted this long? It's great. I mean, I have uh, a really wonderful business partner, um, uh, Katie Pennard, who uh, runs the shop and the roastery with me. Um, COVID was super difficult. Uh, we didn't really close that long, but we we did everything we could to pivot as much as possible to to keep things going. And since then, uh, we 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 have a wonderful staff uh, that just kills it every day. And um, as it keeps getting busier and busier, and they're just rock stars making sure everything goes out, you know, goes smoothly. Um, so it's been fun. It's a, yeah, it's now at the point where my sole responsibilities are roasting the coffee and, and buying the books. And, and, and that is just, it's just, it's a dream. It's so much fun. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, I, it's a joke in the store. Like I'll come in to drop off coffee. And if I see someone coming on the register of the stack of books, I'm like, I'll, I'll come around and ring you up. You know, like I want to, I just love seeing people browse and buy books at that shop. Uh, it's just so much fun. Um, so yeah, it's it's been fun, it, you know. And uh, growing up in the area, and now seeing what's happening, you know, uh, it's it's pretty astonishing. It's it it was a great it was a great town to grow up in, but it just you know didn't have all this stuff, and now and now we have all these options and and this kind of energy that just wasn't there before. And I I, I like I like being part of that. And I hope that we continue to keep being a part of that. It's a nice segue into the question I always ask as we come to the end. And it's this whole concept of bookshops being magical places. And, you know, you've worked in, you've had your own for 10 plus years. You've worked in multiple in the past. So what is your thought when you hear people describe bookshops as magical places? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you probably, have this a lot i mean they're just book people or a certain kind of people <laughs> you know what i mean like they, I, you you walk into a shop you can tell immediately i mean you know probably as well as anyone that you walk into a shop and you can tell immediately this shop's got it's got something um because you know every once in a while you go in a shop and you're like i don't know not for me and as soon as you you know you can see the selection you're like okay i don't know this is not quite my style and and i i like to hope that when people come into elements they immediately see okay i know what this person's trying to do here and um and it might not be for everyone I, i'm sticking to my guns on how i'm bringing in books there but like i on a daily basis happened today and i'm I don't, I, I take, uh, I take, um, praise really badly. <laughs> I was in there today. <laughs> uh, I actually was putting away a book order earlier today and, 
And someone pulled me aside. It's like, are you the book buyer here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do the books. And it's like, oh, this, I've just, every time I come in, there's something I want to get. And it's just so much fun to be able to do that. And on top of that, be able to do it the way I'm procuring books, which is like essentially looking for needles and haystacks. You know, and I'm on websites all day long, just pouring through a lot of stuff to try to find that one book. I know someone's going to be like, oh, that's great. And then, oh my God, it's like, it's like six bucks you know, or something. You know, it's like, it's super affordable. Like how does it, and I get that a lot too. I'm like, how are you doing this? I'm like, it's tricks of the trade, I guess. But like, it's just so much fun uh, to be able to, to do that. Not only does someone to walk in and say, oh my gosh, these books are everything. I want to buy all these books. This is everything that I want. And then also be able to um, make it affordable, you know, especially in a college town, you know, where you know, students don't necessarily aren't always um, flush with cash. So like, it's good to every penny counts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think I think the magical aspect, um, every every bookstore is obviously unique. And um, at least at least what we're trying to do with elements, I, I think the when you when you walk in and you just see the combo, you know, like everything I enjoy is in this store. <laughs> you know, and I, that's that part's really fun. And and the, the fact that it's it's such a hub of the community. It's just, it's, you know, you walk in every day and I, I see everyone I know in town and they're all busy doing their work or meeting with friends. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Well, if people do want to walk in, tell us where you're physically located and then toss out your, uh, you know, social handles and web address and all that stuff. Yeah, so we're in downtown Biddeford across from the library. It's 265 Main Street in Biddeford, Maine. Um, you can find our website at www.elementsbookscoffeebeer.com, all one word there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook if you type in Elements uh, Books Coffee Beer. Um, you can find our roastery on the social medias at Elements Coffee Roasters. Um, so people can people order coffee and have it shipped? Yep, yep. Um and also you can go elementscoffeeroasters.com would be the website there. Um, we sell it at the shop as well, so you can pick it up there too. Um, but yeah, you can order online. Um, yeah, and we, 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 I like our Instagram presence. It's, it's kind of a, an easy way to get out the word of what we're doing. We do a lot of, um, uh, we do these uh, events called, we call them Thursday night socials. So we've started doing that recently. Our, our, um, manager and events coordinator uh caitlin and sarah are doing a great job uh organizing these events and they range from uh, uh fiber arts nights where you can do knitting and and such to cribbage nights to we were part of a silent book club uh group um where we do a silent uh book club where you can come and just read and uh with a group of people like-minded readers um and we do uh, a rotating art gallery once a month. Um, we have a new artist displayed on our on our shelves. So uh, there's a lot going on there, and with the music that you mentioned. So if you go to the Instagram or our our Instagram account, you can get all of the details on what we're doing in there. You know, I have this group of friends who loves to come and visit Portland every couple of years. So the, you know, the next trip, I'm going to tag along and come and see you. <laughs> oh, that'd be great! Yeah. Listen, it's been a pleasure to learn more about the space and to meet you. And thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Bookstore Explorer is produced and hosted by me, Matt Browning. Our theme music is Come Right Back to You by Max Hickson. 
You can follow all my bookstore explorations at bookstoreexplorer.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Bookstore Explorer. And follow us on Twitter at Bookstore EXPLR. Thanks for listening.